Well, it's good to be with you again. Uh, once again, I'm not wearing my mask because we're recording this, uh, this sermon separate from our music portion of our worship service. So, uh, so you get to see me in all of my bearded glory right now. I'm growing my beard hoping. I want to see how white it's going to be, and I'm kind of disappointed. It's not nearly as white as I was hoping. So, uh, oh, well, you know, you never know. But uh, today we're going to be in continuing Genesis as we look at our, our heroes of faith. Today we're going to be looking at uh, Genesis chapter 18. We're going to be reading, uh, we're talking about Abraham today, and there's so many Abraham passages we could look at. But we're going to be looking at, Abra, Abra, at uh, Genesis 18, verses 1 through 15. Genesis 18, 1 through 15, where we see this. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the yokes of Mamre, as he sat by the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. Maybe Mississippi, the heat of the day. As he looked up and saw three men standing near him, when he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may, that you may refresh yourself. And after that, you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah to Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, gave it to the servant who hasted to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. He stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, where's your wife, Sarah? He said, there in the tent. The one of them said, I will surely return to you in due season and your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind them. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old, and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is, any, is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will come to you in due season, and Sarah will have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did, Sarah denied, denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh, yes. You did laugh. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. My first church jobs were youth ministry jobs. I, my very first church job I ever took, I was youth minister at a little Baptist church. When I, when I was at Mississippi College, I was youth minister at a little Baptist church called Concord Baptist Church out from Tallahatchie. Uh, if any of you know where Shiloh is out in that area, I was youth pastor at Concord Baptist for, for about a year or so, and I learned a lot. Brother Tommy Mays was my pastor there, and he taught me a lot. Uh, Brother Tommy taught, so one of the things that I've quoted him many times on, Brother Tommy said, um, our job as preachers is to take them where they are and get them where they need to be. No one's a finished product. Our job is to get them where they need to be. That stuck with me. And I, I had a good time at Concord, and um, I, I think I was relatively effective and did well. It, it, was a, it was a good experience at Concord. I left Concord uh, after about a year or so and, um, and took a few months off and actually then applied to be the youth minister at Raymond United Methodist Church. That was my first job in the United Methodist Church was at Raymond. I was there for about a year until I took my first appointment. And I can say this about my time at Raymond. I was bad. Like, I was not good. I've shared with you before, but if you were to Google the phrase worst youth minister ever, I'm pretty sure my picture would pop up. I, I was not, I, I, I'm not being falsely humble. 
I was not good at my job. I was not good at youth ministry. I was working full-time at the Baptist bookstore, managing the stock room. And then I was working at Raymond on the weekend as youth pastor. And I was bad. I was unorganized. I was, didn't know what I was talking about. I was young. I was stupid. I didn't know, I don't know much now. I knew a lot less back then. You know, I don't know how uh, Gary Thompson, my pastor there, how he put up with me because I just wasn't good. And, I, and I, here's the thing, I knew I wasn't good. Like, I was not unaware of how bad I was. I, I was fully aware that I was not good at this. And I felt called to ministry. I did. I felt called to ministry. I felt called to be a preacher. But I was, y'all, I was awful. <laughs> I was awful at this youth ministry thing. And I was thinking to myself, Maybe I just misunderstood that calling. Maybe that calling was not to preach. Maybe it's to do something else. And I about walked away from it. I was very close to walking away from it. But I had a couple of things happen, one, one of which was in church one day. I think I've shared the story with you about how God reminded me of my baptism one time. But the other thing that happened to me was this. I got asked by a friend of mine to, to come help with the Disciple Now weekend in McGee to help uh, at a friend of mine's church in McGee with a, with a Disciple Now weekend. And I went into that weekend about dis, as discouraged as I'd ever been in my life. I felt completely ineffective. I felt like I was doing a bad job. I felt like I was probably was actively hurting the faith of my youth. I was so bad at what I was doing. So I went to this D-Now and something amazing happened. I had a good time. I enjoyed it. I made relationships with those kids. I was effective. One of the kids I was working with accepted the Lord. Like, God used me that weekend. And it had, been, it had been so long, it had been so long since I had felt like God had used me. I'm not, listen, y'all, I'm not saying God hadn't used me at Raymond. And by the way, I'm probably being overly critical of myself. I probably was better at Raymond than I thought that I was. But I felt like a failure. And it had been so long since I had felt like God had used me. It was one of the most amazing feelings of my entire life to leave that disciple now, to go back home and realize, wow, wow, God can use me. Wow, God may have something for me yet. Maybe I shouldn't give up. Maybe I shouldn't quit. It was such, even now I think about it, what a great feeling it was in that moment. After what I felt like had been months and months and months and months of frustration. And honestly, y'all, months and months and months of failure. To feel like God had used me again. It was one of the best feelings of my life. One of the best feelings of my life. It was my own little, my own little revival. I love revivals. I've been blessed in my ministry to do revivals all over the state. I, I've done them. I've done them all over. I, there, there's probably not an area of the state where I've not preached a revival. I preach revivals every church I've been in. 
I've, I've done them. I had a, I've got a revival scheduled in a few months that I hope still happens. Uh, some of you are familiar with camp meeting. I've preached camp meetings at Shiloh out from Pelahatchee and Felders. And I've got a camp meeting planned uh, at Salem, United Methodist camp meeting out from Loosedale in a few months, 10 days. And I'm looking forward to t- 10 days, two sermons a day, 20 sermons, y'all. That's a lot of Andy. That's a bit Andy for, that's a bit too much Andy for anybody. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. I love revivals. It's a great time to, to get to, to sing the old songs. It's a great time to get to, to, to preach the old scriptures. It's a great time to worship and to be together in that context. I love, I love a revival. It's such a, a fun thing and such a, such a great thing to do. I love revivals. They really do for me as a preacher. They revive my soul. They help me to feel God's presence and God's power. There's probably no body in Scripture that is seen more as an icon of faith than Abraham. Scripture says that Abraham had faith, and that faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Like Abraham is literally the icon of faith in Scripture. Go, go read all, throughout all of Paul's writings. There's no one in the Bible who probably has a, has a, a more powerful and more more impactful faith than Abraham. Abraham is the one that is, golly, in Scripture might be the icon of faith. His story is amazing. God calls him. And Scripture says he leaves behind everything he had and follow God to an unknown place. That may be my favorite thing of Abraham's story is God didn't tell him where he was going. God said, go to the land that I will show you. God didn't tell him where he was going. That to me is so amazing. His faith was so secure that he trusted God with an unknown destination. I don't like going to Walmart without GPS. Abraham went to where God showed him. But here's the thing about Abraham. If you read his story across Scripture, um, he didn't always get it right. He had his fair share of mistakes. We're not even going to get into to Ishmael. We're not, we're, not, we're not even going there right now. Let's just talk about my favorite of Abraham's mistakes. It's when he went to Egypt. Because they were, they, were, they, they were herders. They herded sheep and goats. And so they moved, you know, in that context. And that day, you would take your sheep and goats to where there was water and food and things such as that. So they, they went from Canaan over to Egypt. And when they got to Egypt, Abraham said this. Ladies, check this out. You're gonna, you'd love it if your husband did this. He looked at Sarah and said, hey, you're pretty, which that, we like that part. That's, that's right. That's smart. Hey, you're really pretty. Um, Pharaoh is going to see how pretty you are, which once again, smooth move. That's very, very, very smooth. He's going to see how pretty you are. And he's going to want to take you for a wife. So I'm going to defend your honor and stand up for you. I'm going to be a, be, a, be a strong leader in all this. No, that's not what he did. He did this. Hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell him, you're my sister. And then, yeah, he'll take you for his wife, and you'll, you'll figure it out. But here's the good part. They won't kill me. You good, you good with this plan? Go team on three. One, two, three, team. That was his plan. By the way, he did it another time. He did the same thing in Damascus a few, a few, few years later. Twice. Twice. He told his wife, let's pretend that you're my sister. And they won't kill me. Yeah, you're going to have some problems, but I'll be good. We good with this? That's Abraham. 
That, that's why we should read the Bible. Because when you read the Bible, you're going to find out that your heroes are really imperfect. That's Abraham. That's one of many, many failures Abraham had. Many of them. Like I said, we're not even going to get into Isaac and Ishmael. There's a whole, there's still, we're still dealing with that one thousands of years later. So you think maybe he felt like he couldn't do it? You think like he felt like maybe he misinterpreted that call from God? There's no joke about him. Oh boy in the field. He's out there farming. And he sees in the sky a big P. And he says, the Lord's called me to preach. So he left behind his oxen and his plow and went to seminary. Got ordained, became a preacher, and was really bad at it. Worked his whole life for the Lord. Was bad at it. Couldn't preach a lick, wasn't a good pastor, wasn't a good leader, just wasn't doing, doing very good at it. But he worked hard. He finally died and went to heaven and said, Lord, when he got to heaven, he said, Lord, you know I loved you. And you knew I wasn't going to be very good at this. Why did you call me to preach? I saw that big P in the sky, and I thought you'd call me to preach. The Lord said, boy, that P wasn't to preach. That P was to keep plowing. Sometimes we wonder, was I called to preach? Maybe I was called to keep plowing. Abraham must have wondered that. I'm sure he did. I'm sure Abraham wondered, maybe I'm called to keep plowing. So today God shows up and says, Abraham, by the time I come back this time next year, you're going to be needing to go to Walmart and get diapers. By the time I come back next year, you're going to have a child. And I know you're old. And I know Sarah's old. And I know you both think this is a joke and this is funny. But by the time I come back next year, you will have born a son. I have not finished with you. I am not done with you. My work with you still is yet to be done. God brought them revival today. God reaffirmed his promise to them today. God reaffirmed his covenant to them today. God was not done with them yet. In spite of all the mistakes, in spite of all the failures, in spite of all the waiting, in spite of all the stuff, God was not done with Abraham yet. God was not done with Sarah yet. God had work for them yet to do, and God had goodness for them yet to experience. God was not done with Abraham yet. He brought them revival. He brought them refreshment. tired, aren't you? If you're a parent right now, you might not know what to do. Do you send your kids back? Do you keep them at home? What if you got a job and you don't have a choice? 
What if you can't? If you're a kid, maybe you're ready to go to school. Maybe a little scared. Maybe your teacher, you're already exhausted and you haven't even started yet. <laughs> Maybe you're a small business owner and you don't know what you're going to do. How are you going to keep the doors open? How are you going to make it to another year? Maybe you've been stuck in the same house with the same spouse for many months now and you hadn't left and you still love them, but you're a little tired of them. Bible says Abraham was outside the tent in the heat of the day. He was tired. Maybe right now you're tired. You're scared. You're exhausted. And you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. Maybe you feel like a failure. Maybe you feel like you can't do it anymore. Maybe you're just done. Maybe you're just marking time. Maybe Abraham felt like that. And it was at that moment, in the heat of the day, when God showed up. And God brought revival. And God brought refreshment. And brought, God brought encouragement. And God brought mercy and hope and grace. And God was not done with Abraham yet. And friends, he's not done with you. No matter how tired you may feel, no matter how exhausted you may feel, no matter how scared you may feel, no matter what's going through your mind, no matter how you feel, no matter how much you just may want to lay down and die, God's not done with you yet. One of my favorite lines in all of Job is Job's wife comes to Job in the midst of everything, and she says to him, curse God and die. Right now, you may feel like that, that, that's where you are. That may be your favorite Bible verse right now. Curse God and die. I'm done. I'm done. Well, you may feel done, and you may be done, but God's not done. God's not done. God's work continues. God's plan continues. God's love continues. God's grace continues. And God's work in you and through you continues. You may feel done, but friends, God is not done yet. He will send revival. And he will send refreshment when we most need it. There are very few things I miss about high school. I drive by MRA on the way to church every day. And during the summer months, during these last few weeks, I'd see those boys out there practicing football. And I'd say to myself, oh, I'm so glad it's them and not me. 
because <laughs> I hated football practice during the summer months. I hated it so much. I hated it when I was young. Like, if I went on the field now and watched, I would just die standing there. That's how bad it is. Like, I just couldn't do it. I hated football. I hated two-a-days. Two-a-days were the worst. Oh, my gosh, they were the worst. And at Boca Chetta, we didn't have a real, real professional hydration system, shall we say. Coach Barron, who was my offensive line coach, and who one time to motivate us after we were getting whooped by Wesson, came into the half to that locker room with a big stick. And his halftime speech was he hit a locker really loud with a stick and growled and grunted and walked out. That was his motivational technique, and I love this man to death. He, this was his hydration system he put into place. Very fancy, very high-tech for Bogotino. He got a PVC pipe and an ice pick. And he attached the hose pipe to the PVC pipe and took the ice pick and poked holes in it. And he turned the water on for the faucet, and then the, water, the, water, the, the hose would pump the water through that, and then you'd have through those holes he poked in there, you'd have water shooting out. So we would just go and take our helmets off, and basically stick our mouth on the PVC pipe. Very hygienic. This is pre-COVID, obviously. And that's how we drank our water at football practice. And it was hot and dusty and awful. But y'all, that water was good. That water was good. It hit the spot on a hot day. You've been running and practicing football. It refreshed us when we needed it. You may be tired right now. You may be exhausted. You may feel spiritually dry. You may want to lay down and quit. Well, don't give up yet. Because God hadn't given up yet. Revival is coming. Refreshment is coming. Grace is coming. Don't quit. Don't lay down. Don't give up. God is not done. Refreshment and revival are coming. Don't give up on God. Because he hasn't given up on you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your salvation, and your power. God, help us to rest in the assurance of your presence, the assurance of your grace, and the assurance of your revival. We love you so much. We ask it in Jesus' sweet and holy name. Amen.